One for podcasting. Ron and the caption, the bunny versus Ken the Miller. Ghost. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon as we get underway for another week here. 10 to noon, back to talking local sports on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX and 106.3 on the FM dial. We welcome you and you're glad we're spending some of your morning here with Trent Condon and myself, Ken Miller. Uh, as we stay with you for the next couple of hours on the BMW of Des Moines guest list, we are going to promise we would. Hockey fans, you're in. Non-hockey fans, we invite you back at 11 o'clock. Because John Schaefer and Joe O'Donnell will oh, be come here. On. No, listen, I think it's good radio, personally. Yes! I love the sport. <laughs> you got me. Um, but John Schaefer and Joe O'Donnell will be here as we will talk about the Final Four. Is that what, that's what we are down to. And what we got wrong uh, before the playoffs started and uh, where we are at this point. So that's what uh, we'll do in the first hour of the program. And that will come by at the bottom of hour number one. Hour number two, Matt Snyder in his regular spot as we recap uh, just a glorious weekend in Major League Baseball, especially if you're a Cub fan, not so much if you're a Cardinal fan. Uh, we'll get into that with Matt Snyder as it uh, looks like batting averages are starting to go up a little bit and some of those numbers that were historically bad uh, there's been three weeks now two weeks now of data uh, that uh, uh, some of the baseball uh, journalists have comprised and put together and it looks as though maybe uh, when uh, they took the mound Joe West took the mound and took away Gallego's hat uh, back in June the 5th I want to say was the day it was on Sunday Night Baseball last night they put up a really good graphic uh, but it looks as though um, offense is coming back to MLB so we'll talk to Matt Snyder on that and then Scott Docterman who has been incredibly busy pumping out content uh, Big Ten and I were related for the athletic and he will join us about 11.30. Basketball in the NBA was mm, eventful last night, maybe, by a right way to put it, as the Nuggets go home. The best thing about the Nuggets-Sun series was that fight on Saturday when that Suns fan kicked the ever-living crap out of that uh, Nuggets fan who picked it. He, he asked for it. He had it coming to him. But the best part of it all, after this guy got tuned up, is the guy that was doing, the Suns fan that was doing most of the throwing. Uh, he looked at uh, the, the the absorber. <laughs> if it would have been hockey, one guy would have got five for fighting, the other guy five for absorbing. Uh, the guy that uh, took the worst of it, is the, the Suns fan looks at his buddy and says, Suns in four. Uh-huh. We're going to sweep you in four. Uh, that's a little humiliation. But uh, it was a good series, especially if you're a Suns fan. And if you happen to have them at 18-1, to you're feeling a little bit better about that. Great weekend of baseball. Wrigley Field was packed. So much to get to. So many different places we could start. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, back at it after wedding weekend in Decorah. A little slow moving again this morning. Not used to that. Yeah. Had a long Iowa State football argument with a couple of Cyclone fans. Uh, I was told it lasted till 4 a.m. I don't exactly remember that. <laughs> what time did it start? Uh, well, after they shut things down about 12.30, so went back to the hotel, and uh-huh. everybody was still partying late into the night. So shout out to the Bartasek family who uh, live in Milwaukee, and uh, good to meet them, talk to them, and, and have our disagreements about some Cyclone football. But fun time. Uh, throat's feeling it a little bit here today, but we will persevere. And what a weekend of sports. I, I The first thing for me... 
certainly it's Cubs Cardinals over the weekend on the regional level and the environment watching Sunday night baseball and mm. there was something special. The snake. Yes. That, that, that was at the forefront of it. it oh just, my God. That's, think of where we were a year ago and where we are today. We're cutting loose, Trent, is what we're doing. You you coined this well before I think m- many people had. Of course, we know about the Roaring Twenties of the 1920s. Right. We're getting the Roaring Twenties now again. People are cutting loose like we haven't seen in a year, quite right. honestly. A lot of pent up. Uh, we've been saving this up and, and just watching the bleachers at Wrigley Field, that beer cup snake. If you, so that's what they call it, yeah, right? Yep. So if uh, if you haven't seen it, it's all over Twitter. It was as long. You know, the people were just having a blast. And it was Cubs and it was Cards and the ballpark was not 100% full. Although they tried to say it was, but there were sections of empty seats, mm-hmm. rows of empty, not sections, rows of empty seats, pockets of empty seats, but still. I think the attendance was like 35,000 on a couple of the nights they, that I looked. Uh, I saw something this morning, and I'm going by memory, and that's dangerous. I think 109,000 saw the series, Total. Gotcha. which you could put in about 120,000 over the weekend. Look, it looked as though on Friday that this was going to be the card. Certainly game one. They were up 5-1, Trent, mm-hmm. at one point. Fifth Just inning. cruising. Just cruising along, absolutely. Uh, and Stewart looked awful, and he's back down here now, which is where he belongs until he can figure it out, if he can figure it out. Um, but the Cubs, they just, they're so much fun to watch. God, I like watching this team, and I'm so glad they're good because it's baseball and you need them to be good in order to talk about them. With the Cardinals not playing well. They're not. The Brewers, we can kind of, but it's tough. The White right. Sox, same thing. It's, there just aren't as many fans. The oh. Cubs ultimately are the most important they team in the this needle. market. There's, yeah. there's no question. You just want real quick on the White Sox. So I wasn't watching the entire game, but Twitter, that's one of the reasons I love Twitter. They alert you when there's something good going on, mm-hmm. right? And Rodon had another no-hitter going. Okay. So I switched over, and I'm going to say it was the, it was the seventh inning, and Rodon is uh, is on the bump, and he's just, he's just cruising. Um, they're playing the Tigers, I get that. But Pat Hoberg, Des Moines ump behind the plate, and it was a 2-2 pitch, no-hitter intact, and um, Rodon threw a slider that was clearly a strike. It should have been, it was, it was, it was strike three is what it was, mm-hmm. and Hoberg missed the call. And this was right after, no sooner had Steve Stone and um, Benetti, and I think it was Stone who mentioned it, uh, the fact that... Um, that Pat Hoberg called an incredible game. And I, I'll take his word for it. But it was the very next pitch. But that's not my point. Everybody makes mistakes, right? Mm-hmm. So, of course, the the the, uh, the plate appearance, the at-bat extends. And what happens? He hits a ball over Vaughn's head. I don't remember which Tiger, which nondescript Tiger that it was. Hits the ball over Vaughn's head left field. There goes the no-no. But the point I want to make is Pat Hoberg, you could see... Um, after you know, after after the, it became apparent that no hitter was gone, the runner standing on second base, you saw Hoberg, the cameras caught him talking to Rodon. Oh yeah, and then the speculation started, and after the game, Carlos Rodon said that Pat Hoberg told me he missed it, and he felt bad about it, mm-hmm. and Rodon said, "Look, he's one of the best umpires in the game," but that just that was kind of a a moment between an umpire and a pitcher. It wasn't a perfect game in Detroit with the first base. When it was Joe West who blew the, just egregiously kicked the crap out of the call. The Andres Galarraga. Yes, the Galarraga, a perfect game. Perfect that wasn't game, a game. Yep. Um, but the, 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 Jim was, Joyce was. It's Jim Joyce, yes, yeah, thank you. It was Jim mustache, Joyce, yeah. yes, exactly who it was. The handlebar. Yep, yep. Uh, but um, good, for, for, good for Pat Holberg. But yeah, the weekend itself... 
just spectacular. The NBA was not great. It was there. It was entertaining yeah. in some respects. I mean, I, I kind of root for Milwaukee over those uh, Brooklyn Nets. All of a sudden, think of those prices you could have got. Down 2 nothing, looking yeah. like they didn't have a shot. Right. And now with Kyrie's ankle. Mm-hmm. And Harden still, I mean, he's trying to come back. And but it's may. a hamstring. And, and uh-huh. we've seen, regardless of sport, a guy that tries to make a go of it on a bad hamstring. Right. And very quickly, how that thing can just mm-hmm. go at any time. And the Bucks are now the favorite to win the series, correct? Yeah. It's gone back I mean, the other it's day. Not, they're not overwhelming by any means. It's tight. I want to say, I remember looking at series prices when it was 2 nothing, And I want to say it was like plus 700 on the Bucks. Jeez. And it's still, you know, at that point, all right, they got blown out twice, but uh-huh. they haven't played at home yet. Still, at that price, I was even, ah, nah. I mean, it's not even worth five bucks because right. the Nets are going to kill them. Yep. The Nets are going to run away with this title. And nobody's going to, well, injuries. And going back to the Suns-Lakers series. Injuries, the impact yeah. that happened in that series, and we're seeing it play out here. Now, you go through NBA history and the playoff history, and it seems like every year there's a few of these that just completely swing the playoffs and how it ultimately can play out. I mean, injuries are a huge part of any sport, but I don't know. It feels like it's maybe even a little bit bigger in the NBA. Mm-hmm. There's just something about yeah, when you kind of go back historically through it and say, yeah. oh, yeah, that happened. Mm-hmm. That's the reason Team X was in the finals. There's a lot more of that. And I think we might be trending that direction again because the Nets went healthy. There's nobody close, right? I wouldn't, not of the teams that are Even the Lakers right completely healthy, yeah, no. Not the, not anymore, I don't no. think. I think that this was the team that was going to, uh, yeah, they were clear to the favorites for a reason, right? But the, but man, watching the Suns team last night, Jesus, they're fun to watch. And again, um, you know, happen to have a good ticket on. You know, I wish I would have. I've been telling these New York Islanders for weeks now. I know. Right? I told you before the series. Why didn't you jump on? This is a lunch pail team. They're, they're void of superstars. Matt Barzell comes as close as and they, they they took it to the defending champions yesterday, Tampa Bay, um, and drew first blood in that series. And they were 16-1 to or 14-1. to they were a really good price. Anyways, we'll save the hockey for the bottom of the hour. You could get them at 325 just to win this series before game one. How about Plus that? 325. Yep. And a few uh, higher out there, too. Oof. Jumping on the Canadiens? No, you're not. No, no, no. Not, not gonna do <laughs> Don't that. waste your not money. Gonna. So I uh, found this number. Uh, back to baseball for a moment. This is on SportsCenter last night. A month ago. Yeah. Through the games, May 13th. Here are your standings in the National League Central. On May the 13th? May the 13th. Okay. Cardinals were in first place. They were three games clear Jeez. of the Brewers. Yeah. The Reds were in third, four and a half games mm-hmm. back. The Cubs were five games back, and then the Pirates at seven and a half. Now today, you got the Brewers, you got the Cubs. The Reds, still in third, yep. five games back, and there's the Cardinals. So for all intents and purposes, in a month, the St. Louis Cardinals lost nine games from a three-game lead to now six behind in the division. Remember we talked about how tough this schedule is going to be for the Cubs? Right. And we're going to learn a lot well, more. They get are we bet. learning this is a good baseball I think team? we are, Trent. I think so far. I want to, It's funny you mentioned that. I wanted to – because they get the Grom on uh, Wednesday. By the way, I watched, his, I watched him on Friday night. Did you? My God, Trent. This, it's not fair. It really and truly isn't. This, the Padres are a good hitting baseball team. Yes, they are. And he, he made them look like, I don't know, double-A players. I mean, he was just in such command. He's He has only given up four earned runs. We're in the middle of June. He's driven in five. He's <laughs> given up four earned runs. The most strikeouts through, what was it, 100 innings pitched in the history of baseball. 
It's uh, let me get the stat exactly. I think I got it backwards, but I, but I, I, I wrote it down. Um, Hundred strikeouts in sixty-one and two-thirds inning pitch, the fewest innings since the mound moved in eighteen ninety-three. The lowest ERA for any pitcher ever through ten starts, ever. Not this year, not just National League. Any pitcher that has ever towed the rubber in a game. Uh, I'm so glad I got the uh, major league package for, th- for those kind of nights mm-hmm. watching watching these players like this and Degrom's appointment television. You know what else was good to see as we bounce around baseball? And I think it was the first time, certainly the first time I can recall seeing it this year. You know, pink hat guy. Yes, pink hat guy was finally back at Wrigley Field. Mm-hmm. I think he'd missed, and there was a story that came out because there was a, a tweet, somebody tweeted this, I don't know, late April, that he's a COVID victim. He didn't make it. Oh, really? And he's alive and well. He just didn't want to, you know, chance it. Uh-huh. But it was good to see Pink Hat Guy, and if you watch the Cubs a lot, you know what I'm referring to. He sits right behind home plate in the front row, and the reason he has he, he was asked in the past, you know, why the hell do you wear the pink hat? Well, I want my wife to be able to, when she turns in, uh, turns the TV on, I want my wife to be able to see me, and she knows that I'm not lying, that I am indeed at the ballpark. <laughs> Um, so That's kind of like Marlins band, who was also who was there. Also there. He was there Saturday night too. Yeah, I wonder how much money this cat spends because he's a doctor. I mean, he's everywhere. He's right? everywhere, and he's a lawyer of some sort. I believe you said that in the past, and yes. But there's some. There has to be something more, right? I I have friends that are lawyers. Yeah, he probably got a bit. He probably took a big class action suit, right? And, and cashed in on something yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah, they they're not flying to every major sporting no. event. There's got to be more. Or partner at a big firm. I I don't know. And then sold out of it because you can't. No, I I think we all know you can work remotely a lot easier than you can mm-hmm. in the past. Who knows if he even still works? I, I know there's been articles about him, but he is absolutely everywhere. And that get up he had last night that was an ugly one. Yeah. That, that was not his best. I like the bright orange Marlins gear that he has. No, I'm with you, and I'm not sure he's he's, uh, he's dying the hair and the beard. And, and for stars, I don't know why guys do that, but teach their own. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we're not you're we're not fooling anyone. We're in our 60s. We're not supposed to look like that. I uh, at the wedding saw a lot of family hadn't seen in a long time. Yeah. One of my dad's cousins came up to me and said, boy, you're looking old. Great. <laughs> nice. Because of all the gray. And I said, yes, well, I understand why dad had Just for Men in his cupboard mm-hmm. for a very long time. I tried it once, Trent. I was never so embarrassed in my life. It, and it wasn't, I, I finally gave in to Cindy. And it was for my goatee. And, uh-huh. I, and I put it in there. And it just looks ridiculous. <laughs> just absolutely. Bl- I mean, you're, you're graying on top and all of a sudden your beard is pitch black or brown or right. whatever color that it was. Oh, you just put a little bit. It brings it back gradually. No, it doesn't. Just it's like slapping a coat of paint on it. Pine You're not tar fooling in there. anybody, right? <laughs> Never going to happen for me. No, I don't I, blame I am you. aging as gracefully as possible yes. with my gray. I, I'm with you. So what else from over the weekend? So we got the hockey a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are embarking on another major championship. Boy, they just go bing, bang, boom, don't they, in golf? Yes, U.S. Open coming up this uh-huh. week. Really looking forward to that. Give Your us favorite. what we want, right? Don't DeChambeau we? Yes. on one side. Put them together. And we will find out tomorrow afternoon. Is that when, when we find yes, the pairings? pairings come out right around, yeah, mid-afternoon, I think it is tomorrow, but They're I know They're not it's going to do that, are they? No, not. Absolutely oh, not. But you're right. Let it happen organically. Let it happen naturally. Let them have two good rounds, or even two middle-of-the-pack rounds mm-hmm. if they get paired up. But we want them on Sunday. And if we can't have that, trick it up a little bit. <laughs> Give us that Thursday and Friday. I think it's been good for the sport. I do. I have no problem with these guys going back and forth. We're talking about golf. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, I, I think it's been good. Did you watch any of the golf uh, over the weekend? I didn't weekend? watch a hole. Watched a little, little bit, but yeah, yeah probably the same thing. Maybe 10 holes altogether. Yeah. About a half hour of coverage is all it was. It, it was kind of a different looking course. I don't even know where they were. They're in South Carolina, and uh, it's it was different. It kind of had... It didn't have your standard country club kind of feel to it. It was okay. okay yeah. uh, more than anything, it was guys gagging down the stretch. Yeah, that's uh, That was the biggest thing. English, who looked like he had a chance to post a really good number, he fell apart. And then the leader, I can't even think of the guy's name right yeah. now, he just absolutely melted down. He was up three shots with three to go and just had a double bogey and then just needed a par to force uh, force. What, a, tie, a tie, uh, playoff. Mm-hmm. Easy for me to find that word. And... Bogeyed on 18. Just one of those days you could see a guy that hadn't been in that spot before, and it was a little too big for him. <laughs> and the U.S. Open looms this week. And we get late night. Yeah, we do. I checked ahead. So we, um, they'll, they'll be on NBC until I think it's either 7 or 8 o'clock. And then they bow out. Mm-hmm. And the Golf Channel picks it up for about an hour. Oh, okay. One night's maybe got a block of two hours, and on Sunday night, if it goes on, I don't know what NBC's doing. Oh, I know what it is. It's Olympic trials. Oh, wow. It's Olympic trials. That's the reason NBA, NBC bows out. At least that's how it matches up on my DirecTV looking at week ahead at the, mm-hmm. uh, at the guide. Um, but yeah, it, uh, I, I wondered why they would beg out of it, but it's for the Olympic trials. So, so for the Olympic trials, is this I don't know. swimming only? Is I, this going to be gymnastics? Aren't they in Omaha this week? This they year? are, yeah, for okay. swimming, yeah. I was um, wondering, though, because I really like that coverage, too. Do and, you? To see some of the swimming athletes, it's uh-huh. your dreams come down to this moment just yeah. to make the team. Right. And you've been working for 18, 20, mm-hmm. 25 years. To and get maybe to you peaked point. last year. Now you're a little bit slower, yeah. right? I mean, they, you have another year that older. Aspect. Yeah, uh-huh. that's happening. Conversely, maybe you weren't quite ready mm-hmm. th- th- at that level. Now you, maybe you are. The swimming's incredible. The women's gymnastic is always just awe inspiring. Mm-hmm. And now with Simone Biles. Mm-hmm. I mean, she is the face of this Olympics, certainly here stateside. Uh, interesting. Um, Without I guess Phelps? I yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I haven't given it enough thought. Maybe you know, my Canadian showing a little bit. I mean, it means more to you, obviously. Yeah. Um, but she, is she the face of these Olympics? I don't know enough about it to, to debate you. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're certainly seeing what she's done, and it's remarkable. It's gravity-defying what she's done. You're not supposed to be able to do some of that stuff. By the way, that uh, is a progressive commercial with the with the snarl. What's her name? Michaela? Michaela? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I remember. Maroney? Is yes, that her name? Maloney. Maroney. Yeah, that's pretty good. That was that was pretty. That's a pretty good spot with her getting the frisbee off her roof. Uh, but um, so we got a pretty good Sunday yeah, night, is what you're saying? Well, I've got a pretty good weekend. I yeah, think, I, I think coming up, we got a full week to get through before that. Though. Indeed, you know, I want to credit where credit is due. Uh, Mark Emmert, who not not, not NCAA Mark Emmert. Oh, but, good. I was going to say, no, don't give that guy credit. No, he doesn't deserve any credit. <laughs> but former Des Moines Register sports writer. Now, is he the editor of the Iowa City Press Citizen yes. or sports editor? I believe full editor. Okay. Well, anyways, he wrote a piece. Uh, part one uh, was in yesterday's Register. Part two came out today on a on a guy by the name of Cole Coffin. Name ring a bell. Cole Coffin, no. Shouldn't ring a bell. I mean, he didn't want any publicity. This was the kid that was with Jack Kerner oh. in the lake during the accident. This was the kid who, by all accounts, reading the piece yesterday in the paper, probably shouldn't be here to tell his story. Today's part is the two heroes. Uh, uh, one of them is a nurse 
I'm not sure about the other one, jumping in to save his life. But part one aired, or part one was written yesterday at the register. It's a long read, and boy, am I glad I took the time to read it because um, this was a. I mean, the kid he lost his leg, right? Yeah, right? And and the doctors had to amputate before they reached his parents to let them know that we're about to take your son's leg above the knee because. If we wait to get a hold of you, he may not make it. I mean, Trent, by all accounts, he shouldn't be alive. And it is a phenomenal read. Mark Emmert did a terrific job, uh, a terrific job writing the piece um, and what he's gone through subsequently. And he's back at the University of Iowa uh, and now an amputee and just, um, oh, it's a great read. It really is a good read. I highly recommend it. If you get the register or if you're an online subscriber and you maybe didn't have the time to read it yesterday, take the time. I think you'll be glad you did. And uh, speaking of Mark Emmert, his replacement on the Hawkeye beat, Kennington Smith, though that had been announced a while back. He mm-hmm. had said something we talked about. Does he go by Ken or Kenny? Maybe. Yeah. And uh, But I saw his introductory kind of little piece was online at DesMoinsRegister.com. <laughs> see, that's just weird. I didn't see that. Yeah, and I, I just saw a link to it on Tom Caker's board on Hawkeye Report, okay. and that's where I found it. Because, yeah, I was looking through and didn't actually see it up on the sports side of things. But the new beat writer there, got the new beat writer at the Gazette. So a lot of changes happening in the world of, of Hawkeye fans out there looking for content in that direction. And, of course, you got your old standbys, Ken and Trent, here, too. Yes, indeed you do. All right, 1022, we will talk to uh, we'll talk some NHL with Joe O'Donnell and John Schaefer. The Western Division series gets underway tonight. The Golden Knights are an overwhelming favorite over Montreal. Uh, Tampa uh, trails the New York Islanders by one apiece. So uh, NBA team right now, if you had from what you've seen, mm-hmm. uh, if you had to bet one team right now to cut down the nets, who who would you bet? I would be the team that's already advanced. It's the Suns for me. And part of it is just that. Mm-hmm. Because if you told me that the Hawks came back and beat the Sixers, I wouldn't be shocked because Joel Embiid right. is in bubble wrap. Mm-hmm. You just never know mm-hmm. what you're going to get by that. But I don't have confidence on either side with what's happening with the Nets right now, injury-wise, that we talked about. I can't get behind them. And it's still the Bucks who have their own playoff issues throughout the year. So, yeah, it's the team advanced on. And even if they hadn't, even if that series was 3-1, I still would be certainly on the side. I'm with you. Did, uh, did the, um, the officials make the right call by kicking out Jokic last night? In the regular season, absolutely. Yeah. Elimination game. I know, but does it? Should it matter though? I mean, I, I the stuff I kept reading. Well, he's you don't kick out the MVP of the league. Yeah, I, well, what I, if he's a bench player? Is that different? Is it okay then? Well, unfortunately, it is. Or depending on your perspective, fortunately, it is. I, I I don't like that line of thinking, but it is the reality. Yeah, I guess. But I mean, flagrant two is a flagrant two, regardless who commits right. it. Look, I don't think it was that. Like, it looked awful. Yes, and. Payne is incredibly lucky that it was a glancing blow because this is a big man and he swung his hand like a hammer, like an axe almost. It was like it was coming down hard. And he admitted after the game that he wanted to, you know, to provide a spark. Um, not thinking he was going to get the boot. It was worse than it looked. I don't like the argument that he's the MVP. If it's the MVP or the fourth guy off the bench, it shouldn't matter. But I don't think it was as bad as originally thought. Does and LeBron get ejected? That's though? a great question, Trent. Because I don't think he does. I, it's a great question. I would hope to think that he does. That's being naive. I think so. I think so, too. And how far down the list 
do you go with superstars before you get to Jokic that gets to stay in that game? Well, he's MVP, but you're fair, it's a fair point. Because even as the MVP, there's probably five guys I'd take mm-hmm. over him right now. If I was playing a playoff series tomorrow and I get a healthy whoever, mm-hmm. he's going to be down a little bit further. He played the whole season. He was the MVP yep. with the Nuggets and the injuries that they dealt with. But I think Chris Paul, probably not Boy, ejected. he had a game last night. Yes. <laughs> Jesus. Steph Curry, probably not ejected. Well, they, but these guys, if they swing their arm, it doesn't have... Well, this is a big arm that was yeah, coming down. Yeah, that's a good point, too. The size of him, uh-huh. the sheer volume of him, uh-huh. that's impactful, too. And the way he came down, because, well, he's seven foot. If a guy's 6'4", mm-hmm. and they're doing it, it doesn't look the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a really good point, too. And if the guy he was guarding, too, if it wasn't a guard, yeah. if it was another big guy, mm-hmm. I think that looks a little different, too. Yeah, Cameron Payne from Murray State was the... Uh, one that's, boy, I I thought he dodged a huge bullet. It was kind of a glancing blow. It, it could have been way, 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 way worse. But I'm kind of torn. You know, he did absolutely take it. Um, it looked bad. This is the MVP. Does LeBron get kicked out? <laughs> Probably not, Trent. I think you might have... Um, Change my opinion. Does LeBron get kicked out? No, I don't think he does. Uh, let's get uh, Keith in here. Then we will get to our first break of the day. Again, ready or not, we're going to talk some hockey at 10. Th- it's not going to be 1030 because we're already late. With Joe and John. Keith, welcome to the program. Keith, what is on your mind? Thanks for listening and calling. Hey, could you uh, perhaps educate me before I make my point? Do we have any uh, report about an injury to pain at all? No, he, he finished the game. He, he, in fact, he shot his free throws finished, afterwards. Okay, so he lays on the court with his face down for how long? Uh, I mean, I discussed it in time, and I don't remember that part of it. Um, well, it was a long time. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you know, it was a, he brushed his nose. It wasn't a blow to That's the That's true. He brushed his nose, and then Reggie Miller says, you can break your nose that way, but he barely brushed the nose, mm-hmm. and I... I believe that the, the this embellishment by the quote unquote victim is getting out of hand. I believe that played a part in the flagrant too, but I'm just I'm just mind reading now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I sat there and watched that and he was on the floor like he had just lost a kidney <laughs> and nothing apparently happened. It was a glancing and blow, I there's think, no question. And I so I, I guess to my point I agree with you, uh, that I don't think that was justified to be kicked out. Did you when you first saw it though, Keith, um I mean, it, yeah. it looked awful, didn't it? And but then when they showed the replay, I'm thinking, you know, that's not. I mean, he's he's on the he's been on the ground for a long time. Um, <laughs> that's that's what I thought. Well, the reason why it looked awful, and I agree with this, is because of the what do you call, what's the term? The wind up or the, right? You know, mm-hmm. He took his arm way right. back, yes. and that that made it worse. And I think it is worse that way yeah. because that means you're not even trying to camouflage it. No, but uh, but yeah, Payne really he deserves an Oscar. Indeed, Keith. So. Thanks for the call. Appreciate right, you listening. Thank you. Yep, good to talk to you. It was it was way worse. I thought it was awful, and then I started to see the replays, uh-huh. and then yeah, because the way he went down, the way as Keith said was he act- lost a kidney. <laughs> the acting involved in that one looked like dude's going to be out for a while. Yeah, and he shoots free throws and plays the rest of the game. Well, the, there was a um, um, and not to compare the two injuries. I, so Saturday morning, I, I came, I, I flipped on the uh, the soccer. Um, Erickson, Christian Erickson from Denmark. It was awful. And and ES, it's not ESPN because ESPN, that's not their call. That's not their did you see you know what I'm talking about? The uh-huh. the, the, the Danish player? Because I saw something on the bottom line mm-hmm. about it on ESPN. I hadn't seen it yet, I hadn't been on Ugh. Twitter. And then when I saw it, oh this He's I understand. dead. Yeah. 
And they brought him back to life, apparently, on the field. It was because his eyes are open and he's not moving. And you could see that, oh, it was terrible. Mm. But they just stuck with it and stuck with it. It's, and it's not ESPN. It's, uh, they, they get that feed from somewhere. But, uh, uh, but here's BBC the good news. maybe or something like that? I'm not sure. Yeah. Christian Erickson is his name and he's... It's not fine. He probably he's obviously got a, a heart problem that may prevent him from ever playing again. Let's get John Cannon. Then we're going to get a break, and then we'll talk uh, talk some puck. John, what did you think? Well, two things. One is the the would LeBron get thrown out thing is moot because LeBron would never do that. Never, ever, ever would he wind up and swing like that at somebody. He he has more subtle ways of getting his team fired up. Like, notice how he took down Draymond Green right before Draymond uh, did the punch that we all remember yeah. so well. Yeah. Um, nobody even saw it. It just, Draymond was just suddenly on the ground. So that, that's a moot point. And, and I, I disagree with the term, with the, with the thought that the victim uh, played it up and that had an impact. The, the, guy, the referees looked at the video six ways to Sunday. Mm-hmm. You know, in the old days where, the, where they would have had one look at it and then have to make a call, yeah, I think what the victim does, and then and and the soccer, you know, the soccer things where guys take a dive, yeah, that, that is a factor. But when you have video review, they're looking at the arm swing and, and it looked, the, the John, fact that he only... I thought it looked way worse than it actually ended up being, thankfully. Thankfully, because yeah, that, that, that could have... But, but, that, but they have to read intent. Intent is part of this. And the way he wound up, he, he got lucky that he didn't hit him harder uh-huh. in the nose. So did Payne. Face. So you, know, you guys have said that. So he's got to go, man. It's just, you can't do that. That's what the rule's for. Uh, John, thanks for the call. Appreciate your opinion on that. And um, it, would, it looked awful. It looked awful. It did. Uh, would LeBron do that? John makes a good point. Yeah. Basketball IQ-wise, yeah. LeBron's not doing that. No. But... but um, Jokic had bad intentions because mm-hmm. the arm came from way, way back. 10.30. Hockey conversation next. Then MLB. Uh, as we continue on, Miller and Condon on a Monday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. KXNO 106. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460. KXNO and 106.3 FM. Hi, Miller and Condon on a Monday. Welcome back. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. Working on our buddy John Schaefer from WOI. Let's get Joe O'Donnell in here. He is the voice of the Iowa Wild. Um, John Schaefer just sent me a text. He's he's available. Call him back. Trent, thank you very much, if you would, please. Uh, Joe, uh, Trent and Ken working on John Schaefer. Before we get to... Um, um, I'm glad that you're here because you obviously this is what you do for a living is the voice of the Iowa Wild. And maybe unfair to ask you, but I'm going anyways. Uh, Kenny Albert is seemingly going to get one of the primo spots when the NHL switches uh, network affiliations, and they and he's going to get the final along with Eddie Olchek, uh and uh, and Boucher, uh, Brian Boucher between the benches. I think John Forsythe's a better better uh, hockey play by play guy. He's got the uh, he's got the Islanders and Tampa. If you had to pick, who do you who do you think? Um, who would you rather listen to? Well, you put me in a tough spot here, Kenny. But I am a John Forslund fan. I think after Doc Emmerich with him stepping down, that he is the best uh, hockey play by play guy in the states, at least. Uh, yep. Not a knock on Kenny Albert unreal guy from you know what i've seen on twitter and the people that have talked to him the interviews i've heard with him obviously his family lineage he's a great broadcaster be able to work the nfl nhl mlb it's impressive but for me john forslund's the guy um that i would have had you know when doc emmer stepped down and 
Forslund's got the Seattle Kraken job mm-hmm. lined up for next year. Uh, he was with the Hurricanes forever, and yep. they couldn't come to terms on a new deal. He was sort of a free agent, and he'll be Seattle's new TV voice when they break into the league next year. Yeah, I remember talking about him last year, the three of us, and uh, and I, he's real because I hadn't heard a lot of his work up until that point. But gosh, gosh, he's yeah. he's, he's he's really really talented. Um, Trent, what do I have to do here to get John Schaefer? I'll get him set up. Would for you us. do that for? I just yes. don't want to hit, uh, punch the wrong button. Just just one more along these lines, and, I, and I'll get uh, John in here. John, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. And sorry about the snafu uh, a minute ago um, with uh, TNT and with EBA and, and ESPN getting the broadcast. It sounds as though Pierre Maguire's not going to have a seat when all when the when the music stops ah. with one of these networks. I, why? Why don't we like him? I think he. I think he's good. Yet when I look at hockey Twitter, he gets crushed on a nightly basis. John, what's the knock on Pierre Maguire? Why don't we like him? Pierre dives into like the seven degrees of separation that's with true. every single player on the ice. That's I think true. that's what catches a lot of flack for him. Sometimes yeah. he gets off on little <laughs> tangents, I'd say, or, or a little. He gets too into it for, you know, the between the benches guy. And so I think, you know, you're looking for somebody with a little bit more quick input, get out of there, quick input, get out of there, that kind of thing. And and sometimes fear gets a little long winded, but I like it when he's talking about yeah. the grandma of the Zamboni driver of the guy that just scored the goal. <laughs> it's funny, John. John, it's, you know what? You make a really valid point because it's like, um, by the way, two years ago with the Regina Pats, he had 13 goals and nine assists. And the guy that grew up two doors down from him is now driving a cab. I mean, that's kind of exactly right. Yeah, I that's get it. Exactly. It. Yeah. What about you, Joe? You a McGuire guy? I like him. Um, I will say this: the ESPN probably saw what you saw, which is that he gets crushed amongst yeah. the social media spheres. And I would, I would add this: I think. He gets a bad rap within the hockey world. I feel like huh. it's—I uh, don't know that the casual fan is bothered by Pierre Maguire because they probably, you know, aren't paying that much attention anyway. I really get the sense that it's the, the coaches, it's the management, it's the players, it's the hardcore hockey fan that watches, you know, the game of the week every week that probably doesn't enjoy some of his banter. And I think he just comes off too much as a know-it-all be quite honest mm-hmm. uh, that's my take on it interesting interesting take uh so let's go where, where we got wrong uh where where we went wrong before we get to the here and now uh so john schaefer where where were you most wrong so far on these stanley cup playoffs i believe it was the boston prediction of winning it all but uh, <laughs> you know i think that call was pretty rough I, I i felt like carolina was accurate tampa bay has shocked me to be honest i, I didn't think they'd have the legs to make this kind of run right now and and so it's fun to see them and the Islanders got them last night in game one, which was huge for them. And, mm-hmm. and so I think the Islanders right now have a ton of momentum. But, you know, Vegas is probably where I was most right. And, uh, you know, Colorado, what happened there? So, Oof. you know, a lot of things. And, and I don't even want to talk about the Canadian division there, Kenny, because no, nor do uh, I. it wasn't pretty. <laughs> yeah, And it's about to get worse. Trent, where were you most wrong? Well, looking through our predictions as the Stanley Cup playoffs began, all of us have really struggled picking our quarterfinalists. Do we here. have anybody alive? Uh, you had Tampa yeah. in the Final Four. Joe had the Islanders, so Good he got call. that one right. Good call. And outside of that, a whole lot of Colorados, some Toronto, Boston, not real pretty. You still have your champion also alive with Tampa Bay, but, you know, the part of it that I probably missed on most was just thinking that 
it was going to be different. It wasn't going to be. You get you guys kept telling me Vegas and Colorado they are clear cut, mm-hmm. and we got a series. I thought for the ages, yeah. even Minnesota well, they, played them tougher. Right, even though it didn't go seven. That was as high level of hockey true. as I've seen two teams on the ice really going at it. And I didn't think they were that clear of everybody else. Maybe they were that clear of everybody else. Joe, nice call on the Islanders, but where were you the most wrong? The Canadian division, man. I thought Toronto was for sure going to come out Me of it. Um, that was just embarrassing, their, their collapse there. And then I thought your Winnipeg Jets should at least compete with the Canadians. Obviously, the Shifley suspension changed that very dramatically, mm-hmm. but... I didn't. I didn't give Montreal enough credit, and 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 probably in hindsight that was um, not wise because last year they were a really good team. They gave the Flyers all they could handle after coming out of the qualifying round in the bubble. They obviously have Terry Price, uh, but they just never got going during the regular season. However, they did what has worked for a lot of teams lately in the NHL, which is fire their coach midseason. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about gassing your coach, and they didn't instantly take off. But they got in, and they're playing their best hockey at the right time of the year. But if you look back, Mike Sullivan took the pens to a cup uh, and won it all when he replaced, um, uh, gosh, Dan Bilesma, I think it was. Yes, you're right. Maybe you're right. Coach Pryor. But, yep. um, and we've had this happen a couple of times now recently where teams have gotten a boost from an in-season coaching change. I mean, uh, you know, the Vegas Golden Knights made the change with Gerard Gallant. Peter mm-hmm. DeBoer now has them you know, knocking on the door again. So it, it seems to be something in the NHL with, you know, trust in the personnel and changing the bench box and seeing what happens. Uh, John, as you well know, there is a local tie, I'm sure Joe does too, to this uh, to this Final Four in the uh, Stanley Cup. Not that he was born here, but Jeff Petrie was a huge, huge part of probably the best, if when you go back, the, the, the last really good, eh, better than good, De, uh, Des Moines Buccaneer hockey team. He played here. When was it, John? Uh, John maybe 2007, 2008. Of course, his dad, Dan Petrie, for you baseball fans, was a member of the uh, 1984 Detroit Tigers starting pitcher uh, for the uh, Detroit Tigers when they won the World Series. But Jeff Petrie played here. Uh, you remember him, right, John? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I remember running around Buccaneer Arena and hearing my dad announce the name Petrie all the time, it felt like. And so it's it's kind of crazy to see that the run that he's made and the, the journey he's kind of been on in the NHL. I just remember following that name a whole lot and then kind of faded out. Now here we are again talking a lot about him. And, and he's been a, been one of their anchors this yeah. year for them and, and a guy that definitely made an impact. So it's been fun to watch. Yeah, Montreal, right? He's a right, he's right defenseman, I think, second pairing. And he got hurt, just a fluke injury uh, in the series against the Jets. So uh, on the glasses, you guys know, but our audience probably, there's like a little – I don't know, like a little hole that's cut into the glass for the photographers so they can get their lens through. And somehow his hand got caught in there as he's skating. And uh, just, uh, I don't know, of course, it's an upper body injury, right? We don't know what the precise (laughs) diagnosis is, but that was bad. Uh, Joe, do you agree that the Wild played um, Vegas tougher than than Colorado? I'm I'm with Trent. It was an incredibly entertaining and fast-paced, incredible hockey series. But the Wild went to seven. And, you know, there was a lot of folks going into Game 7 that thought the Wild could actually advance. Yeah, Minnesota's a tight-checking team, and that's what they were all year long. Colorado isn't that style. Um, and I think as you watch that series move along against Vegas, you saw Sammy Gerrard making mistakes yeah. and gobbling up minuses and being on the ice for goals against. And uh, Kale McCarr didn't seem to have the impact we thought he would. They were able to slow down that top line. The Nathan Kadri suspension was pretty mm-hmm. impactful because uh, he was their number two center for the Asmos of the year. But I just think Vegas is battle-tested. They have obviously 
a proven goaltender, one of the best ever. Um, and Mark Andre Fleury and Robin Leonard's no slouch to back him up. Mark Stone seems motivated. Max Pacioretty appears healthier than he was earlier in the playoffs, missing all that time in the Minnesota series. And and Vegas is just a good team, man. They they bring it. They've got four lines they can score, and they're in your face. Um, and when you can skate like they can, and you got goaltending like they do. Uh, they're going to be a tough out. It'll be interesting, this Montreal matchup that the Habs have given Team Smith now through two rounds. Granted, the Canadian division, and say what you will, but um, they protect the puck, and, and analytically, Montreal had great numbers uh, if, you're, if you're an analytics guy. So we'll see what Vegas and, and, and the Canadians bring tonight in Game 1. Do you think that series is going to be close, John? Uh, I'm hoping it is. You know, it's kind of fun to watch Montreal right now, especially with Cole Caulfield on that team, a guy that garnered a lot of yeah. attention this year, obviously. and um, So that part of it's fun, but Vegas is just so hot right now when you've got a hot goalie like Marc-Andre Fleury's playing. I think that game one resting, a lot of people scratch their heads like, is this really worth it? But in the end, it clearly paid off for him. He looks refreshed. He looked fresh out there. And I think it's going to be the same situation here in this uh, finals. So We'll see what happens. Uh, I guess we're all on board with Vegas going forward. Let's let's go out east. Uh, as we saw yesterday, the Islanders drew first blood. Uh, Joe, you were on record uh, with this Islander team. They're they're a lunch pail group of guys, man. Matt Barzell's a star, but he's really the only one I would think. Maybe uh, one of the defensemen. Pellick's a good player, um, but Barzell is. They don't have a lot of superstars on that team yet. Here they are. Uh, what's going to happen, Joe? We'll go with you first. Do the Islanders finish this and get to the Cup final? I think they can. Um, I would never count out Tampa Bay with Vasilevsky. Uh, he's just so good. And Braden Point, I mean, Kucherov, that is, you have to be on your game every second when Tampa Bay is your opponent because they can score. Their power play is, you know, ungodly. Sam Coase, I mean, you name it. Hedman, they're, they're an all-star team. Um, but I just think the Islanders are the type of team. Remember, they played last year in game a heck of a year. Mm-hmm. They are committed. They are the, the definition of bought in, the hockey term cliche, bought in, all in, whatever you want to call it. Barry Trotz has them playing. They had him, he had him playing great in the bubble. He's got them playing great again. They don't seem like anybody needs recognition. They, like you said, lunch pail. They just go out, they get it done. If there's a team that can beat the Islanders or the, the Lightning, I think it's the Islanders. I'm with you. Who do you like, John? I, I like the Islanders, too. I'm kind of with Joe there. And uh, I have to mention Cal Clutterbuck is the former Minnesota Wild guy out yes. there, a one total lunch pill guy. Yep. Um, but also a yep. University of North Dakota guy in Brock Nelson that, you know, I, I watched up there for a few years. And, and so, I mean, they've got some stars that maybe are a little bit more low-key or mm-hmm. more lunch play, lunch pail, less flash, more grind. And um, not to mention they've got some heavy guys, too, and Matt Martin, and, and that's what you got to do against uh, an older team like Tampa is wear their legs down a little bit, and, and the poor check has to be there all the time. Otherwise, that defensive grouping is just going to be able to move the puck up really easily, and, and so I think that's where the Islanders might have a little bit of an advantage is they just play heavy hockey all the time. They, they really do. They lost their captain, Anders Lee, in March uh, to an AC all out for the year. Uh, hasn't missed uh, hasn't missed a step. Last thing for you guys, um, and uh, I I don't know. It's, it's the rules that are in place. You know, Vegas isn't going to lose a player in the expansion draft. Every single team is whether well, I mean they have no choice. They're going to pluck a guy that's uh, left unprotected off a roster, except for Vegas. I don't like that. What about you, fellas, John? Uh, I'm not a fan of it too. I think you know Vegas was the beneficiary of oh. of the expansion draft uh, a couple of years ago, and we saw how that paid out for them. Instant success and you know, they should be able to 
take one or two off that roster and, and move forward if you're Seattle. I mean, there's no doubt about it that Vegas will be loaded regardless. And they should be put in the same situation as every other team in the NHL. Do you like it? Do you see it that way, Joe? Yeah, I agree. Um, I was talking about this with my buddy yesterday watching that Tampa Islanders game, and I was like, you know, Seattle's got the number two pick and the one team that's, that's going to come out of the scot free is Vegas. So um, I hate to say the rich get richer, but yep. um, they're certainly going to be the beneficiary of it, and and we'll see, you know, how Seattle does. I, I don't think they'll be able to pull off what Vegas pulled off, but I expect them to have a pretty good hockey team, and the number two overall pick is definitely going to help them as well. Hey, I just want to add one more thing. We forgot about Alex Puck. Uh, who played 57 yep. games right for here. Iowa back in 16-17. He's got a chance to win a Stanley Cup. And I just wanted to round out my point. I forgot St. Louis made a coaching change. Mike Yo got fired. Excellent. Craig Ruby came in, and they won the Cup. So there you go. Maybe Montreal's got a prayer. Indeed. Uh, I don't think so, but we will see. Uh, <laughs> Joe, John, thanks for talking hockey. Great to talk to John Schaefer from WOI. Joe O'Donnell, the voice of the Iowa Well. Thanks, boys. Enjoy the Final Four. Yes. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Good to talk to you. Joe and John as we pass the puck around. Uh, we'll take a time out, come back, and finish the hour number one. Matt Snyder on Major League Baseball kicks off hour number two. Scott Dockerman coming up. Miller and Condon with you until noon on 1460 KXNO and 106.com. Welcome back, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. Coming up tonight at 7 o'clock, we've got high school baseball. Pretty good one by the looks of things, Trent. Yeah, I'm uh, hopeful that Jackson Wentworth, who we've talked a lot about Brody Brecht and the buzz that he's getting with MLB amateur draft coming up. Jackson Wentworth is doing the same. He's been outstanding. He's been committed to Kansas State for a couple of years, finally in his senior season. He'll be the number one. We'll see if he gets a start in Game 1 or Game 2 of the mm-hmm. double dip for uh, Coach Dirks' Walkie Warriors. I think Birchie's been tweeting about him. Yes, he's right? really good. He'll be drafted, uh, has a really good chance to have his name called. Again, the question, much like it is with Brody Brecht, mm-hmm. what's that number to get him to sign on the dotted line? So, really talented player. He's a very good two-way player, just like Brecht is. Uh, also good with the stick. So, fun to watch these squads and just the mm-hmm. amount of talent. I've told you before. We talk football, we talk basketball, we talk about the kids that go D1. Over 100 kids right now playing Division One baseball from the state of Iowa. That, that's amazing. Uh, you know, else got a lot of pub over the weekend. J.J. Cole, Ankeny quarterback. Uh, I guess he was in a, a camp in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Sean Callahan, who was the Tom Caker to the rival site over, uh, um, over in Nebraska. Um, talking about J.J. Cole and just how he lit it up. It's surprising to me just because... Watching him last year on the field, it just looked like he had such a long ways to go. And I understand the fit. What Centennial does is, was not a fit for mm-hmm. a prototypical six foot six pocket passer. Right. It just it didn't work for him and his his abilities. But to see his progression, Ugh. to see how he is blowing up on a national level, you were around for the Kyle Orton yes. years, right? Yes. But this is Kyle Orton's in the area. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah. He's he's lived now in Altoona for a couple of years. Or that, down, yeah. I thought he lived on uh, on the west side of town. Oh, really? Built the new house. Oh, maybe that's what it was. Yeah, maybe he was so. there as the house is being built. But we'll have to look into that. Yeah, absolutely. But even him, mm-hmm. like he had Nebraska. I know was after him. Of course, Purdue, where he ended up. But we're talking a different level here at a yes. quarterback position for JJ Cole. If this. All comes to fruition, and the Clemsons and the Alabamas mm-hmm. of the world just Orton, start sniffing. Kyle Orton had a nice career. He, he really did. Yes, I mean, at did. the end of the day, he had a nice career. 
in the NFL. Um, yeah, I remember it. Absolutely remember it. What nine early? Late Turn 90s. of the century, yeah, somewhere around there. They blend together. Uh, we will start hour number two by talking baseball. And I look forward to that with Matt Snyder from CBSSports.com. Scott Dockerman has been busy at The Athletic. We'll catch up with him at the bottom of the hour. We're here until noon on 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.